Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, all welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. Go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Get your free 31-page PDF. Uh, it's a study guide on the top 200 drugs. No-brainer to have, uh, just simply an email. Uh, you'll get on our email list. We'll shoot you uh, messages when we've got new podcasts out and new content available. So again, reallifepharmacology.com, uh, top 200 study guide. Go snag that for free. All right, the drug of the day today is Salmeterol. Brand name of this medication is Cerevent. Uh, note, it is also contained uh, within the product of Advair, which is probably more commonly used, at least in my experience. Uh, so that's in combination with an inhaled corticosteroid and salmeterol there. So salmeterol is a long-acting beta-2 agonist. Uh, you'll see the acronym all the time about LABA therapy. So that uh, stands for, again, long-acting beta-2 agonist. And... With that, it's an inhaled respiratory medication, dry powder, and it is used in uh, the treatment of asthma and COPD. Now, I do want to caution you the use in asthma. So this drug cannot be used as monotherapy. Okay, Very, very important to remember that. And there's actually boxed warnings due to an increased risk of death when this drug, Salmeterol, is used as monotherapy. Now, it obviously can be used in combination for the treatment of asthma when it is used with an inhaled corticosteroid. Okay? And if you remember the asthma guidelines, uh, when we need a controller medication, we generally start, or we, we do always start with an inhaled corticosteroid taken on a daily basis if we're going to do maintenance therapy. And then we don't switch if, you know, we still need more coverage. We add on therapy from there. So generally inhaled corticosteroid, bump up the dose, and then if, you know, coverage symptoms haven't improved enough, then we're going to add LABA therapy like Salmeterol here, for example. So again, cannot be used alone in the treatment of asthma. Now, COPD, that's a different story, okay? We can use LABA therapy in COPD as monotherapy. That's right in the guidelines, uh, ABCD uh, classification in the gold guidelines. Uh, it does mention uh, LABA as a potential option. Now, in practice, I would say that I definitely see clinicians go more for uh, LAMA therapy, so that's long-acting anti-muscarinic agents, and um, there's a few reasons for that. But you know, most of the, the the guidelines indicate either are okay. But again, it depends upon the stage you're in and all that sort of stuff. So anyway, LABA therapy in some uh, stages of COPD is acceptable. It is not acceptable as monotherapy uh, ever 
in asthma. So very, very important, uh, definitely to, to remember that for sure. Mechanistically, long-acting beta agonists do what their classification says they do. So um, an agonist that stimulates beta-2 receptors, uh, beta-2, uh, the easiest way to remember that, uh, those receptors are found on the lungs, which you have two lungs. And what that does when those receptors are stimulated, uh, agonist action is is done on those receptors, uh, it causes smooth muscle relaxation, and that ultimately opens up the airway. Now, if you remember, beta-1 receptors, those are on the heart. So in the setting of higher dosages, uh, it is possible that salmeterol could have some of those uh, beta-1 type actions. But again, we're inhaling through the, the lung as well, so we don't have a ton of absorption either, systemic absorption, uh, to get to the heart and have those actions too. So again, uh, dosing definitely matters and frequency of use as well as other medications uh, that we're using with it as as well. So um, the adverse effect profile lumps into that. So if we do start potentially touching some of those uh, beta-1 receptors and stimulate them, uh, increased pulse, increased blood pressure, uh, those are, are certainly potential complications. And in practice, where I've seen the most issues um, with beta agonists is generally overuse. So patients who are maybe taking uh, long-acting beta agonists on a regular basis, like Solmeterol here, for example, uh, and then maybe they're um, doing a bunch of albuterol as well, trying to help with acute relief of, of symptoms as well. Uh, and that combination uh, maybe bumps up that pulse, bumps up that blood pressure a little bit. So again, not not incredibly common to see it when, when patients are using, you know, the standard twice daily dosing with salmeterol, um, but it definitely is something to, to pay attention uh, to because you do see it on, on occasion. Uh, other kind of wacky adverse effects I, I wanted to mention uh, that you will see um, uh, come up or at least reported in the literature, uh, elevation in blood sugar uh, as well as a drop in potassium. And I'll cover that a little bit more when we talk about drug interactions here coming up. Uh, severe milk protein allergy. So if your patient has a severe milk protein allergy, uh, it is recommended to avoid use of cell uh, meter all in this, this dry powdered inhaler. Uh, it's because it contains lactose and there's uh, potential there for some uh, reactivity. Uh, pharmacokinetics, uh, onset of action, which you can kind of guess. Uh, it's, it's a long-acting beta agonist uh, and it cannot be used for acute relief of symptoms. So the onset of action is slow. So very, very important education point. Um, I've seen mis mistakes from patients with this, thinking that they can use it as their rescue or relief inhaler when they're having symptoms. That onset of action is 30 minutes to two hours. So we cannot use this medication, uh, Salmeterol, for acute relief of asthma, and that's or COPD, okay? So very, very important patient education point that I, I think you, you definitely need to mention that um, to your patients and make sure they understand that one. Uh, poor systemic absorption in general. So again, I, I, I don't go crazy worrying about adverse effects from standard dosing of salmeterol. 
um, but it is something to, to be aware of there. And then monitoring parameters, we're going to monitor respiratory status, FEV1, peak flow, uh, other respiratory function tests possibly as well there. Uh, and then from the adverse effect profile monitoring, um, blood pressure and heart rate, you know, we're probably going to do that in general on most of these patients, but definitely something to, to pay attention to as we're uh, starting it or maybe uh, adding medications, changing medications. Uh, and then potassium potentially and um, blood sugar changes as well if your patient does have diabetes. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material, definitely go check out meded101.com slash store. Uh, we've got everything from NAPLEX content for students uh, all the way up to study materials for uh, those difficult pharmacist board certification exams like BCPS, geriatric exam, BCMTMS, and others. So definitely go check that out. Support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. If you're a nurse, physician, med student, PA, uh, you name it, you deal with pharmacology, you deal with medications, you help patients, uh, we've got a growing list of resources, Amazon books, Audible books, uh, all those links uh, can be found at meded101.com slash store. All right, finishing up drug interactions. Now, when I think about drug interactions and salmeterol and most inhaled medications, um, I, I generally don't get terribly concerned, okay? Uh, especially drugs that, that have low or pretty minimal absorption systemically. Uh, it's, it's probably not crazy high on my radar list. Uh, however, I think it is obviously important to note it. And if a, a patient is showing clinical issues, clinical you know signs and symptoms and changes, uh, that's definitely something we should investigate further and, and make sure that our, our drugs aren't having interactions and or causing some of these symptoms. So uh, first one I think about is the blood pressure and pulse. So if either of those are elevated, um, I'm definitely going to look through that medication list and make sure that there aren't other drugs in addition potentially to salmeterol uh, that are, are causing those issues. So, you know, kind of classic examples are uh, some of the illicit drugs, the stimulants, you know, cocaine, that type of thing. Um, but of course, we can uh, have some of the ADHD medications as well, you know, that, that can raise blood pressure uh, and cause some tachycardia potentially as well. So take a look, make sure you're paying attention to the whole medication list and what the patient is doing. Um, certainly high, high caffeine intake can can be another factor there as well, um, adding on to the effects of cell meter also. Uh, pay attention to those additive effects and what's going on with your patient clinically. Uh, opposition, opposing effects, beta blockers, okay? Beta agonists, beta blockers, they go directly against each other. Now, hopefully, with beta blockers, we're using a cardio-selective agent, so a beta-1 selective agent. If we aren't, if we're using a non-selective agent, uh, maybe like propranolol for tremor, for example, um, there is a higher likelihood that that's going to uh, kind of interfere and prevent or reduce the activity of cell meter all in the lungs. So uh, definitely important to look out for that in that uh, understanding that beta blockers can potentially uh, blunt the action of cell meter all. One other important point with that is dosing. So dosing absolutely matters. 
So even on our, our beta selective agents, our beta one selective agents, you've got to think about dosing. So if, if metoprolol's at, uh, 12.5 milligrams twice a day, that's, you know, really a quite low dose versus 100 milligrams twice a day. That's a little bit more, you know, moderate to high dose. So, um, thinking about that, monitoring respiratory status, just paying attention to when those changes happen, uh, really, really important to make sure we try to catch that and prevent issues from happening there. Uh, CYP3A4 inhibitors, they can raise concentrations. Inducers can lower concentrations. Again, I, I don't crazy worry about that in a drug that's pretty minimally uh, absorbed systemically, um, but it, it is out there and, and has been reported that there's issues there. Uh, the blood sugars I wanted to mention again. So if you got a diabetes patient and you know we're opposing maybe some of the beneficial effects of the meds they're taking, um, because uh, some meterol has been associated with elevated blood sugars. Again, pretty rare, but uh, should pay attention to it. And then finishing up potassium. So hypokalemia can result uh, on account of uh, beta two agonist action. Again, at the doses we're giving. Minimal systemic absorption, usually not an issue for most patients. However, if you got somebody that's borderline low, maybe they're on a thiazide and a loop diuretic, uh, they've got risk factors for hypokalemia and, you know, adding on that salmeterol, uh, might end up, uh, pushing them, you know, over the edge and a little bit further lower, uh, into where they're more into a, a troublesome region. So, uh, definitely pay attention. Uh, again, not crazy common. Um, but something to uh, make sure you're aware of. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. Leave a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Uh, I so appreciate those notes. It helps uh, motivate me, keep me going, and and make sure I try to deliver some great content to you guys uh, and help you learn pharmacology better. So I appreciate all the kind words, kind notes. Uh, If you haven't taken the time to to, uh, have done that, I would greatly appreciate it if you would. Um, if you, uh, obviously enjoy it and, and like the podcast, you've probably been listening to it for a while. So, uh, definitely appreciative to, to those of you who have done that. Uh, go sign up reallifepharmacology.com, get that free top 200 study guide, uh, suggestions, recommendations on meds to cover and so on and so forth. Uh, mededucation101 at gmail.com. Or you can track me down on LinkedIn, Eric Christensen, uh, PharmD. BCPS, BCGP. Also support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store. Go snag an Amazon book, uh, study materials, whatever. Um, Your support there definitely uh, helps keep this podcast free and available for all to benefit from. So I appreciate all of you who have taken the time to uh, spend your hard-earned money um, uh, to buy some of those resources and help support this podcast. So with that, I'm going to sign off for today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for four 99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or seven up all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.